Hi there. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We'd like to take a moment to announce that we are launching a Patreon. You can find it at patreon.com slash TalkingTolkien. We'll also post it on our Facebook and Twitter. We'd appreciate it if you'd take a moment to check out the Patreon and hopefully give some money. Obviously, you don't need to give. We'd appreciate you sharing our podcast just as much. With just a little bit of extra funding, we'll be able to buy server space, equipment, and other necessities to help our podcast grow. Eventually, our plan is to offer other podcasts about other beloved works and overlooked classics. Thanks. Broccoli sandwiches. Ew! What's wrong with the that broccoli sounds horrifying. sandwich? No, you sound horrifying. It's your next a idea. broccoli sandwich? I, to a sandwich? I love broccoli, but broccoli sandwich. I've had one meal today, and it was horrible for me. I had, I had a salad. I had one meal at breakfast, and it was gigantic, and then I was not hungry at all for the rest of the day. And I got home, and, or and I got back to the bookshop, and Don bought ice cream for everybody, but I was out of lunch, so I missed out on that. Oh, <laughs> good. No ice cream. And he knows what I like, too. He knows I like vanilla ice cream, and that's it. Because I'm boring as hell. You know what? Vanilla ice cream is good. John has gone out to the kitchen and is returning with an entire tub of ice cream and a spoon. <laughs> There you go. I don't need that. I'll take one. At least eat a spoonful. Yeah. He did all of <laughs> that just for you. I'll take one spoonful. Okay. <laughs> all right. Now keep that spoon in your mouth while we record. God. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bocking Bulkeen. I am <laughs> your guest, Bon. Uh, and joining me today are Baby, Baby and Bass. And Bass. Bass. <laughs> now all I can think of is like that. Uh, that bass. When, uh, when will the bass drop? Hello everyone, welcome to Talking Tolkien. This is our fifth episode on the Fellowship of the Ring, being the first part of the Lord of the Rings. And today we're discussing Chapter 7 in the House of Tom Bombadil. Seriously, yes. It's seriously Part 5? This is, yeah. yeah, we're on Part 5. Wow, we're rolling through this book. Because <laughs> I was looking at my counter and we're a third of the way through this book. Yeah, look at, look at, look at this little chunk. Alright, my bad. A third through the Fellowship through, of the Ring the is what I meant yeah. to yeah. say. Yeah. We're, we're about 13% through <laughs> the Rings. We got a ways to go. We are going to like go through the appendices, right? I mean, we might like touch upon them. I don't yeah. know that we're going to like read them from beginning to end. Uh, hey, I've read the Silmarillion. I'd, I feel like nothing's out of reach now. Yeah, I don't know that we'll uh, spend you know five or six episodes okay, on yeah. them. But. So it's very convenient because my copy of The Lord of the Rings is 1,008 pages long, so I can basically just take our page number and like immediately know our percentage. So we're... I just finished at page 133, so we're basically yeah. 13% through yeah. The Lord of the Rings. I suppose mine, mine's like, like at a, I, 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 I'm at like page 170. Somebody broke Chase. Page 170. I've been sucking a lot of carbon monoxide, guys. <laughs> a lot of bikers in town. Yeah, so um, I'm John, by the way. Oh, yeah, I'm Katie. I liked bass, but yes, I'm Chase. Uh, so. we, will, we will henceforth call you bass. And all, right. all your all, Please don't all drop your base are belong to us. Please don't drop. We won't me. drop you, but all your base are belong to don't, us. Don't invade me. Don't drop me. <laughs> hey, 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 hey! What do you call it when when he's not in a chair? A stand-up base. <laughs> I do a lot of standing. What do you What do you call the instrument in his ear that allows him to hear sound? The bass drum. The bass drum. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> What do you what do you what do you what do you call it when he's playing uh, poker and has a pair of the highest card? A pair of bases. Ace of bass. Ace, Ace, of, Ace of bass. Okay. Ace of bass sounds like a band. It is a band. It is a band. Yes, yes that was the it point is? of that joke. Eyes well, that doesn't work because I don't know music. I've been listening to a lot of David Bowie and Patti Smith lately, which is not a good combination. I found out. <laughs> It's like whipped from like depression to deeper depression. You know what is also not a good combination is lemon juice and milk. I would, uh, 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 unless you're making like chicken fricassee. Then I can I, see. I it. just meant for like you know like it's breakfast time and I'm gonna have like an. Yeah, ice that, that's not smart. Your acids in your. I used other to actually acids. add like a shot of lemon juice to my orange juice because I just liked it extra acidic. 
and then I stopped being 13. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so... We're bouncing around because this is a short chapter. Well, uh, I think we're just... We're bouncing around because I'm on an exercise ball. It's and meaty. And also, meaty I feel like I haven't seen you guys in 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 seven years. We have a, you don't have a pane of glass. Yeah, poor Katie, yeah. poor Katie has been in under quarantine. the weather. Yeah, I was like dead to the world for a week. Legally, she was actually... We went to her funeral. Yeah. We faked her death and everything. That they was all, we pulled, when we pulled on the IRS. They all gave minute, quite we, nice speeches. Now it sounds like we're like doing some like Huckleberry Finn style. <laughs> Wait, <stuff>. really? <laughs> well, because Huck fakes his dumb death. Yeah, oh, Huck fakes true. his death. That's why he gets to go on his like miraculous river journey with Jim. You know, I know yeah. a great podcast you should listen to that sums up. <laughs> y'all read a book I've not read in decades. Yeah. <laughs> y'all should listen to Grape Shot for real. All right. read Huckleberry Finn. What are y'all reading next? Well, You're almost done. Um, so we're doing like a short work and then another long work. So after Huckleberry Finn, we're doing one episode just on Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh, cool. Oh, that'll be All fun. Right. Yeah. And then it's my choice, but I don't think we've announced it yet. So it involves a book. That is a wild card show. That's cool. So anyway. Um, Today. Where last we left our merry band, oh hobbits. We have to, we have to, we have to talk about the date first, though. Yes, yes. Today is what is today? Today is October first. It is. Oh my god. Yeah. Wow. I can't believe it's October, you guys. What are we doing for Halloween? <laughs> we are. I don't know what we're doing for Halloween. I'm going to Florida for a while. I not for Halloween. Not, not for Halloween. Halloween. No. I had the idea of like, what if I went? I, I was like, watching. I was like at a store today, and I was watching people pick out like those you know cutesy like pre-made costumes for babies and i was like what if i was just like a giant baby like 26 year old bumblebee <laughs> i kind of, I, I wanted you to say giant 26 year old baby but then <laughs> you said giant 26 year old bumblebee and i kind this of like that even better all right maybe i'll maybe i'll be a bumblebee for halloween Aww. i'm trying to convince katie to give us gimli yeah <laughs> john wants us to do like uh, a trio and we could either do ah oh, nice we could either do this, uh, like, we could take it old school and be Galadriel and Feanor and who else did you say? Fingolfin? Or Maybe. I, I forget. Or we could go new school and be Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli, in which clearly, since I am the shortest of the three, yeah. I would be Gimli. Plus, you, you would be the one most likely to rock a beard. Wait, who would be, who would be Legolas and Aragorn between Well, them? you would be Legolas because you're tallest. Probably, oh, probably okay. Legolas, yeah. And I would be, Wait, how tall is Legolas? And I would be Aragorn because I'm a natural leader. <laughs> well, and also, you can actually grow a beard properly. Which I literally just shaved off. Like, you just shaved yeah. off. <laughs> and we could get you a blonde wig and... But anyway, that would be hysterical. But but back to October. So yeah, today, uh, the day that you're listening to this, is October 1st. And on this day in Middle-earth, Bilbo and the dwarves were at Lake Town uh, during the events of The Hobbit. During the events of Lord of the Rings, right uh, in in the current year that we're actually discussing as we're reading this, Gandalf is uh leaving brie which we'll we'll learn a bit about brie later will he leave some brie for me i don't think he's gonna leave any cheese what about in the silmarillion what happened in october his first in the <laughs> who knows <laughs> the, the world was weird. still being created i yeah. mean choose in october there were like a thousand that <laughs> there were several octaves miasma of music and nothing else so interestingly enough if you like look in and like dig into the the dates like they did have a i'd like a 12 on the calendar system but of course they didn't use the 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 months that we do, uh, Tolkien quote unquote adopted that for mm-hmm. our, our, uh, for our benefit. Yes, but one thing that is not widely known about the Tolkien universe is that common speech is not actually English. It's something called Westron, mm-hmm. and the work as we read it has been presented translated. It's translated from the into Westron. yeah. So they say common tongue, but it's still not. Uh, so Frodo oh. Baggins' name wasn't even Frodo Baggins. What? Yes. <laughs> What? Yeah. Don't mind, do this to me now. Mind blown. We're, gonna, we're a year in. Frodo Baggins is the English translation of his Westron name. Mm-hmm. Also, I should add that, uh, you oh. know, I'm giving all of these fun little tidbits of what happened today in Middle Earth. These are also are going by our calendar and not by Shire Reckoning. Well, that's true. I mean, by Shire Reckoning, it's like, what, a thousand? It's like 13 something. No, that's when. That's when Bilbo left. Was like thirteen something, right? Okay. Uh, Bilbo left in uh, twenty nine forty one. So I was or, completely okay, off, yeah, right? So, yeah. all right. For example, Mary Doc Brandybuck's actual name is supposed to have been in Westron, Callie Mac Brandagamba. Short, 
Short, Callie, meaning jolly or merry. Marriadoc, short Mary, is designed to maintain the reference to merriness contained in the original name. Likewise, Peregrine Took's actual name was Razanur Took, short Razar, which is the name of a small apple. Peregrine, shortened to Pippin, contained both the actual meaning of the full name, traveler or stranger, and the reference to an apple. Sam Gamgee, shortened from Samwise Gamgee, was actually named Ban Galpsy, short for Banazir Galbasi, the Yes. The ending, like of the, tr- the ending of the true hobbit name Bilbo was also changed. In Westron, it was Bilba, but Tolkien changed this to O because A is usually a female ending in English, yep. whereas there's a, a male ending in Westron. We broke Chase. <laughs> <laughs> this, like, this, like, <clears throat> okay, y'all understand whenever I say dumb, I mean that in a good way. Like, it's like yeah. this dumb, awesome thing just became a really dumb thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, thankfully, you only discovered that by, like, delving really deep into, like, the Tolkien... Yeah, yeah and, and there's no actual reference of it made like there is at to, all in, in yeah, the text. Yeah, like there is no. to you know, Elvish or whatever. No, but it, but it is kind of it, it adds a another little layer there that's kind of fun. <laughs> all those sounded like food, like dishes or something. Yeah, I want a Casblar big glipsy or whatever. But it, <laughs> but again, you know, Tolkien being a linguist. Uh, could not stop could, himself. Yeah, could, oh, just yeah. could not stop himself. Please don't stop the. Please don't stop the. Please don't stop the, the language. language. <laughs> is that another Ace of Base thing? No, okay. that's a um, Rihanna. I, yeah, is that Rihanna? That's Rihanna. So. Really? Haven't you seen Pitch Perfect? No. We need to show you Pitch Perfect. You haven't seen Pitch Perfect? No. Dude, he's from our hometown. The I know. Of Pitch... I, I... Okay, we're going to have a Pitch Perfect viewing for well, Chase. <laughs> we're going to release a, a special episode where we, <laughs> where we just review Pitch Perfect <laughs> as an interpretation of Tolkien's Legendarium. And we give each of the characters their equivalent in... They're in, in the Middle Earth mythos. Oh my <laughs> God! Uh, <laughs> oh, but also I wanted to give a, a shout out, a quick shout out to our Patreon supporters. You're the best. You're the best. You're better than the rest. We, we love like you. you more than the other listeners. No, I'm kidding. We love <laughs> we love all of our listeners equally, just as Iluvatar loved all of the Maya. All of his children equally. So yeah. anyway, when last we left our merry band of hobbits, I think I've said that phrase like 15 times yes. now. Yes. But, yeah. but it's such a it's such a nice little phrase. Yeah. When last we met left our harrowed band of hobbits, uh, <laughs> they had just been rescued from Old Man Willow by Tom Bombadil, Tom Bombadillo, <laughs> which is like an arm I hope I don't run over Tom Bombadil. What's his what west something name? I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, he had just he had just rescued them and told them to like come to his house, and they had like just appeared at, like his his like property, and the door opened, and this like beam of light shot out of the door. Yeah, it's uh, and it also it was it's it's directly on the edge of the forest too. They literally like stumble out of the forest, and there is Tom Bombadil's house. Also, there's singing coming from yeah, inside they, as well. Yeah, they they heard singing, and the voice was described as like. So clear and bright, almost like water. And, uh, yeah, they hear this voice singing a song that's basically beckoning them to come in and welcoming them to their home. So now here we are uh, in Tom Bombadil's house. And we the hobbits come in and they see a woman in a chair. And she welcomes them, them in and they immediately reali- recognize that her voice is the voice that was singing this song. Uh, her voice is very clear and bright and beautiful. And I love the description of her, too. The description of her is just awesome. And she's, like, wearing silvery kind of green uh, a gown. And she's completely surrounded by white water lilies. And and also something that... Okay, all right. There's something that came up in this that I actually needed to... I need a confirmation on or a question. Uh-huh. I have a question. Yeah. That's what it is. What are forget-me-nots? Forget-me-nots are flowers. There are flowers. Okay, yeah. that's what I assumed they were. They're little blue flowers. Because they were also referenced in... Yeah. And there's several... Hobbit, I believe. They were also referenced in, uh, referenced in Arrested Development, where they are roofies. Oh, yeah. oh that's true. All <laughs> oh, right, okay. those are forget-me-nows. Those are forget-me-nows, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... So, uh, and yeah, she's surrounded by white water lilies. And if you remember, when the, the hobbits met Tom Bombadil in the forest, yeah, yeah, he was carrying, yeah. uh, like, a stack of white water lilies when he when well, they met him, too. So was he bringing those to her? Yeah. Okay. Remember? Yeah. Well, so we haven't actually touched upon her name yet, have yeah, we? Yeah, no, we haven't. So uh, the hobbits are very timid, of course, and they, they walk in and they're kind of, like, 
bowing because they feel like they should bow in front of this woman because she looks like some sort of grand, beautiful elf queen. Uh, and she immediately laughs and like rushes towards them and is welcoming them into her home and she introduces herself and she says her name is Goldberry. 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 And uh, 007 also... and Goldberry. <laughs> so she's Goldberry, daughter of the river. And I will say, like, it's, you know, there was this, like, kind of famous uh, obsession of Tolkien amongst a certain uh, branch of hippie, and he actually really hated that. Yeah. But reading, like, the description of Goldberry and also just the name Goldberry... Come on, man. Yeah. We know we were getting that. <laughs> you're totally thinking, like, Flower Child, yeah, aren't you, exactly. as you're reading this. <laughs> and, and then Frodo kind of, like, because he's basically the leader of the group, is, like, kind of coming up and is, like, introducing him, trying to introduce himself. And he's just like, Fair Lady Goldberry! And, and for he, some reason, he, like, gets... He starts, like, reciting poetry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he also repeats himself again. He goes, like... Barely, like, he has yeah. to, like, start again, and then he just starts, like, saying poetry out of his, like, just poetry starts, like, coming out of his face, and he's just, <laughs> and he stops, and he's like, what am I doing? What's going on here? Well, yeah, he feels, like, so enchanted by by her, and uh, Goldberry, much like Gildor, immediately recognizes that Frodo is what we call an elf friend, and he's uh, clearly is... And a quite exceptional little hobbit. And she remarks just kind of the same way that Gildor did on how, you know, not many Shire folk can speak the way that you can. Uh, that's pretty cool. You are quite a, an interesting little hobbit. Multilingual. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also want to point out right now, I don't know if you had noticed quite yet, but... Um, there's a certain color, one color in particular so far, that has really been associated a lot with Tom Bombadil. I want to say it's brown? Well, brown is, brown brown does is one come of them. Up. Brown does come up. But uh, the first well, one Well, I would that, say blue and yellow. Yeah. The first one that really jumps out at me is yellow. Uh, which combined with blue makes green, which is really associated with Goldberry mm-hmm. and their house and just the forest. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, a lot of kind of earthy colors are... You'll see here yeah. there's, you know, greens and browns, but also we see, we hear a lot of mentions about yellow. Well, we also uh, just hear Tom, Tom Bombadil singing, old Tom Bombadil is a merry fellow, bright blue his jacket is. And, and his, his boots, boots are yellow. Yeah, right yeah. there. So he wears yellow boots. Flat out. He, uh, the light that streams out of their house is yellow. It talks about candles with yellow a yellow cream. light. Um, yeah. So, so I, Tolkien being Tolkien. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. But I just, I, I'm, I, I like, I like how... The, the sort of colors that are being associated with these people. It's one of those things, like, I may not have, like, f- like fully, uh, what's the word? Like, grasped it while I was reading it, but my brain did. Mm-hmm. Like, I was, my my internal image I have, my mental image of this place is that. It's just a lot of yellow. Mm-hmm. So I didn't necessarily, I mean, I even, I, the previous chapter when it first described the house, I just imagined this, like, home mm-hmm. that is like covered in like flowers and stuff with that like what, what would it say the roof was uh i think it was thatched right thatched. Yes. i think it was a thatched roof and yeah. just like golden sunlight blaring down on this thing just yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like and almost well, but overwhelming but this is at nighttime when they get there what they get there at nighttime but, i know but my brain of but, the house even s- even when it's you're just like making still, a though, thomas kincaid painting maybe it's like maybe it's like it is night but it doesn't matter because it's just this light coming down well, it, on it. Well, yeah, it is night, but it's still the house itself and the the whole presence, this whole time that they are spending at Tom, ba- Tom Bombadil's house just feels bright. Um, and particularly, you know, we, we, we see that, we have that image given to us with color and candles and light and all that kind of stuff too, but also just w- with uh, the way that Tom and Goldberry kind of speak to well yeah so so like tom like isn't there they just meet goldberry yeah and frodo's like excuse me but if this isn't a stupid question who exactly is tom bombadil (laughs) and goldberry's just like he is and frodo's like which i i love that and that this is this is so curious and intriguing this whole sort of mystique about tom bombadil is and i i really hope that anybody who reads this is just 
enchanted by this chapter. Oh yeah, me because yeah. I'm, you, you got the person because I was sitting here <laughs> thinking whenever anyone referenced Tom Bombadil, I've heard that name before. I'm like, who, what? Yeah, who's that? I don't get it. And now reading it, it's like, oh, I get it now. Yeah, I totally get it. Yeah. So yeah, we get that answer from Goldberry, and, and she she just replies, he is. And then she says, he is the master of wood, water, and hill. And then Frodo's like, then all the strange land belongs to him. No, indeed, she answered, and her smile faded. That would indeed be a burden. The trees and the grasses and all things growing or living in the land belong each to themselves. Tom Bombadil is the master. No one has ever caught old Tom walking in the forest, wading in the water, leaping on the hilltops under light and shadow. He has no fear. Tom Bombadil is master. And then a door opened, and then came Tom Bombadil. Speak of the devil. (laughs) Here he comes. Here's my pretty lady. I love this bit where he's he, no, like... No, he, no, he actually... He's, he's a little more sing-song than this. So I oh, expect yeah. he's like, Hey, pretty lady. <laughs> Tom, 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 Tom Bombadil. Okay. Tom Bombadil sings, yes, but I don't think he sings Gangnam style. I have no. to admit, though, that's the best transition you've ever done to a song. <laughs> you were working hard on that one. Actually, no, I just came up with it. My, my mental voice of Tom Bombadil was like Edwin. Or whatever Alan Tudyk was doing in Wreck-It Ralph <laughs> as what's his, the mayor of the, you know, Sugar Rush King game? Candy. Yeah. yeah. Just that, like, haphazardly, all over the place, lispy nature of that. I don't know. That's where my brain was going. But that is important to note that Tom Bombadil doesn't ever just kind of speak. He's, he's always speaking in kind of a meter or singing. You can, and you can, you can read his lines and it's always in meter. Do y'all remember that part in Mary Poppins where everybody, they meet up with that, that, that it's Edwin mm-hmm. and they're drinking and they're like hovering towards the ceiling and then like Dick Van Dyke joins them or whatever and they start, it's been a while since I've seen Mary Poppins, so I'm, I'm describing yeah. this poorly, <laughs> but they all like start floating up around the top and they're all laughing and stuff. That's what yeah, this part they, reminded me of. Was, yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, exactly yeah. what this part reminded me of. Yeah, yeah. I, I could totally see that. <laughs> So anyway, Tom, like, whisks them off to a room, which is described as a penthouse. Yeah. And there are, like, four beds on the side with, like, green slippers, and they're, like, tubs waiting for them. And so they all get, like, nice and clean. And then they come back for dinner, and I love this. The drink in their... Oh, yeah. The drink in their drinking bowl seemed to be clear cold water, yet it went to their hearts like wine and set free their voices. So it was vodka. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps who knows, <laughs> uh, but but and certainly you know the the food too is described as the food is glorious and it's all very it's all very like fresh and you know it's like kind of butter and bread and um, I mean I can just it just reminds me of Bay it reminds me of Bay York's house yeah it reminds me of a lot of Bay's house I had yeah. that thought too but yeah. I mean I think that we're supposed to yeah so. Um, they, yeah, they're, so the the drink, I love that the, the effect that the drink has on them is that rather than talk, they're, they kind of become super happy and are singing. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of nice, kind of, uh, they, they, they have a little glimpse almost into the world of Tom Bombadil, I think, because yeah, they're all. <laughs> it's almost, it, it's almost like, I get this vibe that this, this, this house is inherently a very special magical place that mm-hmm. whatever steps inside is ingrained or enchanted by whatever magic Tom Bombadil is or has. Because yeah. I never really quite got a good sense of what Tom Bombadil is. Well, yeah. Because at first I thought he was a hobbit. And I'm skipping ahead a little bit. But then he like mentions he's seen like the tall people come through. Mm-hmm. But he's also seen the, sh- the hobbits come in. Mm-hmm. So one, he's very old. Yeah. Tom Bombadil is a very interesting and curious character. But we can save this for much, after. Yeah, I, I want to yeah, yeah, have... Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, Tom, and after dinner, Tom and Frodo are talking, and Frodo's like, so did you hear us, or were you just like on your way and it was lucky? And Tom is like, oh, nobody can ever call me. It was luck. And he's... But there's like, well, maybe it was like more like Providence, but anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Frodo's like, tell me about Old Man Willow, and Mary's like, do not. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to bed. <laughs> He's like, don't go there. And, so, he, and yeah, and Tom agrees. He says, now is not the time to hear. So that. they go to bed and they all have curious dreams. Frodo sees like a like a stone wall with an arch in it, 
And then he, like, gets, like, lifted up, and he sees that it's, like, a circle of hills forming the stone wall. And there's a tower in the middle, and there's, like, a figure on the tower. And then, like, the figure who has a staff staff and silver hair. And white hair that the moonlight is glinting off of. And then the eagles come and rescue. And so anybody who has any experience with Lord of the Rings knows that this is... Should I go ahead and... No. Okay. Nope, don't, nope. Knows that this is a beautiful tower with a wise <laughs> figure on it. And so, yeah, the, the, the eagle kind of whisks this figure away, and then Frodo hears hoofbeats, and he thinks Black Riders, but immediately he wakes up, and Frodo kind of realizes where he is and that he's safe. Uh, and now we have Pippin is dreaming, and Pippin is hearing this kind of tapping and creaking noise and he feels that he's trapped in the willow again and here's like the kind of the wicked voice of yeah, old man willow here's the voice of old man willow and wakes up with a start and realizes he's not actually trapped in the willow right now he's in he's in a room and in a nice soft bed and then we read that mary is dreaming he has like this dream of like Liquid or water, water rushing around the building or something it's like, like that. It's like those rounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it's slowly rising and Mary feels that he's going to drown. And so he wakes up and kind of jumps out of bed with a start, but then feels the stone on the ground and realizes where he is and and goes back to sleep. And, and then I love, yeah. I love this so much. Sam, on the other hand, sleeps very soundly. And I just love that line. It says... As far as he could remember, Sam slept through the night in deep content, if logs are contented. (laughs) (laughs) I I like how they all woke up at once, though. Like, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's 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 in the morning, but I I, but I was kind of reminded of like if you've ever been in that situation where everyone in the house seemed to like sleep poorly Mm -hmm. or all have bad dreams at the same time, and so everyone's kind of like up at the same time, like it's like two in the morning, and you're all like, "Whoa, did you have a bad dream?" Yeah, I did too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right, that was weird. So I'll go back to bed. Well, so like when they wake up, Tom is like in their room singing. Which is kind of creepy, honestly. It's early in the morning, too. No, but it's not. It's not it's early, not? Tom, Tom and Goldberry have been up since very early. I thought they meant that they were up even earlier. Yeah, they were. They were, it's they like were up. It's super earlier. They, they were up pretty early. It's, it's early in the morning for Hobbits, just like, you know, yeah. it's early in the morning for a teenager, like nine. Oh, so it's yeah. not the okay. okay. Um, and so, yeah, the, even though the Hobbits had had p- dreams and had woken up, they still feel refreshed when they when they wake up. And uh, then there's, you know, there's a nice breakfast be, on the table. It's got to be like that good old vacation waking up. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Where you wake up and you're, you're on vacation. It's like, oh, yeah, I feel great. <laughs> We're not back home. Well, this is a different everything. Especially, too, because, you know, once again, they're in kind of a nice, safe place after they've had some kind of harrowing adventure. I, I love that. The hobbits in this have had like <laughs> they've ended up in nicer places consistently yeah. compared to <laughs> Bilbo did. Yeah. Um. So they eat breakfast, and Tom and Goldberry are out and about, uh, kind of doing who knows what. Um. And it's kind of rainy outside, and they hear they're they're eating breakfast, and they hear from above them Goldberry's voice, and she's singing a rain song. And then it like. Almost immediately starts to rain. Yeah. Like, and then, like, Tom Bombadil, like, says, like, oh, it's washing day. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was... It, it's like everything's being cleaned. I, I love magic in this world because I never know exactly if it's magic or if it's just happenstance. Mm-hmm. Did she make it rain? Is that what we're led to believe? I mean, it, it's not explicitly stated, really. I just, but... again, I like magic in this world where I'd never really quite yeah. know exactly. And honestly, I think that that's Tolkien's favorite magic, too. And remember, yeah. too, that we, we have this kind of hobbits having sort of an ordinary, almost everyday magic that we've been told about where they can kind of disappear and be unseen if they want to. Well, and also we, that we, kind of we noticed that uh, Gandalf earlier... His magic was magic, mm-hmm. and it was subtle, but yeah. it, was still, it was still doing stuff, so, I mean... Don't well, fall. I mean, she was described as being, like, the spirit of the river. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
you know, taking a, like, a macro look at the water cycle, she probably has, like, some role in that. Yeah. Especially because she talked about how there's, like, new water flowing towards the river. Yeah. Anyway, like, Tom spends the whole day, like, conversing with the hobbits. And the way it's put is, like, they don't know if they've been talking for a day or a week. Yeah. Until food comes when suddenly they're very hungry. Yeah. But yeah, so Tom basically sits them down and says, okay, now I'm going to give you answers. And all he does, though, he se- he seems to almost know that they want to know things. But he basically, he starts telling all sorts of stories. A, a lot of stories about nature. The, he... He tells them about bees and flowers and trees, and he tells them about the old forest and how the old forest is indeed very ancient and that the trees in there uh, are... Their father's fathers were, you know, these ancient beings. I like this part. Tom's words laid bare the hearts of trees and their thoughts which were often dark and strange and filled with hatred of things that go free upon the earth. Gnawing, biting, breaking, hacking, burning, destroyers, and... And usurpers. Usurpers, yeah. sorry. And yeah. He, he's telling them about, like, the land that they have to pass through, which is the Barrow Downs. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't really talk much about it, but he does mention that it's dangerous and mm-hmm. you want to avoid the whites. Yeah. And so the whites, this is, this is kind of a fun little tidbit, uh... So the, the Barrow Whites, basically he talks about how there were men and there were wars and many people died and they were buried. Uh, and then this shadow somewhere awoke far off in the distance and suddenly the Barrow Whites stirred. And he doesn't really explain what the Barrow Whites are, but basically think about kind of a wraith-like thing. Think ghost, but not ghost. It makes me think... they aren't ghosts. But. It makes me think of Pose from Ocarina of Time. <laughs> yeah, I guess... I mean, my brain went to, uh, there are these, like, figures, I also went to a video game thing, <laughs> there are these <laughs> ghosts in, uh, Skyrim, those are Skyrim that are made of, like, shards of, well, look like glass almost, mm-hmm. but they're, like, these, like, ice ghosts, that's where my brain went to. And then at this point, there's this uh, passage that I really like, which is, Frodo stood near the open, sorry, on Yeah, take that out of your mouth. <laughs> Frodo stood near... Frodo stood near the open door and watched the white chalky path turn into a little river of milk and go bubbling away down into the valley. I just like that, that, you know, that vision. And, uh, he, I mean, then, he, like, Tom Bombadil says, this is Goldbeard's washing day and her autumn cleaning. So, like, I feel like that is an implication, then, that she is kind of causing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says, like, how lucky they were that, like, he was doing his last run before autumn in the forest, so. Yeah. But he also, like had an, intended to find them and mm-hmm. it's revealed that like he knows former Maggot who is a more important person than we're led to believe because mm-hmm. he's like got old ground under him mm-hmm. and that but I think also that Tom Bombadil uh, that like the reason that Farmer Maggot is important again is that he's close to the earth and that's something important to Tom Bombadil and then he had also been in some kind of communication with Gildor yeah and so, you know, Frodo is still like, who are you, master? And Tom said, eh, what? Uh, don't you know my name yet? That's the only answer. Tell me, who are you alone, yourself and nameless? But you are young and I am old. Eldest. That's what I am. Mark my words, my friend. Tom was here before the river and the trees. Tom remembers the first raindrop and the first acorn. He made paths before the big people and saw the little people arriving. He was here before the kings and the graves and the barrow whites. When the elves passed westward, Tom was here already, before the seas were bent. He knew the dark under the stars when it was fearless before the Dark Lord came from outside. So yeah, basically Tom tells us he is very, very, very ancient. Um, he has been here since before since before Melkor. Yeah. And then at this point, Goldberry returns and says that it stopped raining and that dinner is ready. So yeah, they, they decide... It's time to eat, and Tom and Goldberry are kind of preparing things, and it's, <clears throat> again, they're they're just so enchanting with the way that they do things, and the, the hobbits are kind of just constantly in awe of these people. And they concentrate on eating the food, and again, they feel refreshed and glad after once they've eaten. <clears throat> still have no sense of time. Yeah. Goldberry still sang, uh, sang songs again, 
and then she once again bids them good night. And I also like that. So her songs make them think of water too. I feel like it's like <laughs> this entire chapter is like poking around my brain. It's like you know this, <laughs> you know this. Yeah. <laughs> You these, know who these people. The these secret is in your brain. These people are important, and you have ideas about who these people are. Um. So now Tom is going to ask them questions, and he seems to already know quite a bit about them. And again, like we said, he has heard things from somehow has heard things from Farmer Maggot, and has also seems to have been in, in correspondence with Gildor. And so Frodo feels very trusting of Tom, and tells him about has, the ring. Yeah, and he 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 tells Tom Bombadil more even than he had ever told Gandalf about the ring and about Bilbo, and and, and that and he gives him he like like. Tom Bombadil like asks the ring and yeah. he takes it and he puts it on his finger and disappears briefly in no. Frodo. He doesn't disappear. <laughs> he doesn't disappear. He no. doesn't know. Oh, that's what was okay. Sorry. See, I'm that's what's so. For for some reason, it was like it's Frodo who does later on. Yeah. No, my bad. I got mixed up. But he like he put he puts he does he, something he, with it. So first of all, what's important to note is that Tom Bombadil takes the ring. Yes. And we already know that. I mean. Gandalf is reluctant to take the ring, and Gandalf it says it thinks it's very important for someone like Frodo to be to have the ring and to be the one in charge of it. And Frodo freely gives it to Tom Bombadil to kind of inspect, and Tom takes it. And Frodo notices that it doesn't seem to have any sort of effect on him emotionally whatsoever. And then, even more curious, Tom Bombadil puts the ring on, and Frodo kind of has this moment and he gasps, but nothing happens. You can still see him. So clearly the ring has no effect whatsoever on Tom Bombadil. It seemed to grow larger as it lay for a moment on his big brown-skinned hand. Then suddenly he put it to his eye and laughed. For a second the hobbits had a vision, both comical and alarming, of his bright blue eye gleaming through the circle of gold. It's like there was no sign of Tom disappearing. I almost imagine like this ring went has a specific will inside of it. It is a chunk. Okay, I'm not going to go into that. But it, it has this consciousness of itself that reacts depending on the being who's encountering it. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Frodo, there's an effect. Mm-hmm. It's a prolonged effect and not as dense as like if it was happening to a human. For a human, they're a very immediate effect. Uh, we know what happens with Gollum and with Gandalf, it would basically blow up the universe. <laughs> But Tom Bombadil, I feel like this thing almost like my my brain almost like goes to it like like being in his hand and having this moment of like whoa and the ring's like what do I whoa, do I oh whoa <laughs> I can't put my will upon this thing at all mm-hmm. what you know and just like I feel like it becomes a dead ring yeah when it's near him so that's well and so then uh, Frodo like takes the ring and Tom is like, ta- you know, telling stories and whatever. And like Frodo like slips the ring on and Mary says something and like looks to Frodo for affirmation and Frodo isn't there. And so, Frodo at this point is like sneaking out of the room and Tom is like, Hey, I see you there. Come back. Yeah. So, so not only does it have no effect on it. him, but yeah, Tom can also, we had previously like discussed the idea, like is the invisibility of the ring, like actual invisibility or does it just make people not notice you? Mm-hmm. And this seems to lead, cre- lend credence to the second theory. Mm-hmm. Also the fact that you still have a shadow when you're wearing the ring. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah, which, which we had seen before that. Yeah. It, you can still cast a shadow. Uh, but yeah. So, so clearly, I mean, if, if the fact that Tom's story does not make you, like, if you have not taken note of Tom Bombadil yet as an and as an incredibly important and odd character, this moment absolutely should be the moment where people are like, okay, this Tom Bombadil super, guy is someone. Yeah, and it's super weird. Like, <laughs> yeah. the whole thing is just weird. This whole chapter is weird. Mm-hmm. Compared after The Hobbit, this chapter is weird. This yeah. is the weirdest thing we've read. Yeah. So, so yeah, so now uh, Tom, you know, this this whole kind of like weird, little weirdness. Yeah, he yeah. takes off the ring, he, he takes laughs. takes off the ring, he laughs. And uh, 
you know, he says, so uh, let's talk about your plan for tomorrow because you should probably leave pretty early. I think it'll be nice, but uh, I can't control the weather, so I don't know how long it's going to stay nice, but you should uh, be very careful when you go. And the, so the hobbits are planning. They're going to go due north and try to hit the east road. Um, and Tom Bombadil warns them, you know, steer clear of the Barrow Downs, and if you must pass them, make sure you pass them on the west Yo, side. Katie. Keep to the green grass. <laughs> yep. Don't you go meddling with stone, old stone or cold rights. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah, right. Or pr- pr- prying in their houses. I just like that line of keep to the green grass. It feels like it's a good lesson in life. I think in so, general. too. <laughs> and then I also like, so right before bed, he teaches them this rhyme and has them, like, say it back to him. They all sing it together, and I kind of love it. It's just an, another sort of sing-songy Tom, Tom Bombadil thing, and it's, Oh, Tom Bombadil, Tom Bombadillo, by water, wood, and hill, by the reed and willow, by fire, sun, and moon, hearken now and hear us. Come, Tom Bombadil, for our need is near us. Um, and I don't know, it's, it sounds like such a summoning of Oh, yeah, person, yeah. You know? <laughs> I feel like like a future thing they're gonna do that in Mordor and it's just gonna appear there. <laughs> <laughs> what? Not here? No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that. Uh... Now it's time for bed, and the hobbits are uh, planning to leave in the morning. This I have I have a sinking suspicion and feeling this is the last good place they're gonna end up for a while. <laughs> might might not well. I know Rivendell's coming up. Well, yep, we're going. Yeah, we will be going to Rivendell. So and maybe until Rivendell, but right now this is the best it's going to be for a while. <laughs> yeah. So we've previously discussed, you know, there are like very few <clears throat> things in Tolkien that don't really have an explanation that could fill a donut encyclopedia. Yeah. And the first one is on Goliath, and this is like the next like major thing that's like okay. So, what is Tom Bombadil if he is older than a creation? Yeah. Um, there are many theories about Tom Bombadil. And I feel like I almost want to have an entire, like, devote an, an entire little special mini episode just to talking about all of those theories. Uh, but, yeah. Well, and also, he's a figure I've not really encountered and never really heard about. Like, I feel like having seen the movies previously have, like, prepped me for a, for a lot of things. Nothing in Summerland, for God's sake. <laughs> but, but, but this was, like, one of the real curveballs so far for me. Yeah. Where I'm like, and I know why this isn't in the movie. And we'll probably get into this when we actually watch the Fellowship movie. Oh, yeah. Because it doesn't fit with the tone of yeah. those movies at all. But I'm going to go on a limb and say, is this, is this guy a Maya? That's, is that a theory? That's a theory. That's a theory. That okay. is a theory. Nothing's confirmed, well, just theories. <clears throat> there's, there's another theory that he is a Luvatar. Yeah. There, and I mean, there's. I, a, c- I could believe that too. I could definitely see that, there, especially how. <laughs> I, imagine if, imagine if, like, you know, God had sent his son down instead of being Jesus, his son was just like Jerry Garcia. <laughs> well, so you have to like, I have to go with my interpretations of like. How I would view an all-powerful being, and it's instantly just Grace Jones. So, like, <laughs> just imagine. What if them now, both together is a Luvatar? Uh, Tom Bombadil and Goldberry? Yeah, like somehow. That's, that's an interesting theory, too. Because, like, we're also talking about a being that is, I mean, if we're talking about a being that is inherently otherworldly, well, not otherworldly, but beyond our scope of comprehension, just saying, and this is not even necessarily, if we're talking about a being that created everything that through the associated i mean the maya are not necessarily Luvatar's children are the maya as well right yeah so remember so, they, yeah. they were so this being with the course of his <clears throat> children through singing created everything this sort of being I could almost see its shadow within this plane being a figure like Goldberry mm-hmm. and Tom Bombadil well, in the sense that I'm talking about like this is something that is like almost like this such a grandiose being yeah. translated through visions of reality to the point where we have. All right, this is the most like esoteric I've gotten. But, 
I'm just well, saying, like, I could see making our ar- my argument is they're both Iluvatar, and I could see that being a thing. Yeah, I, or maybe I can see what you're saying. That area mm-hmm. is Iluvatar. I will say, or a a shadow of Iluvatar. I will say that you know the this this theory of Tom Bombadil being Iluvatar, um, Tolkien refuted it. Oh. Tolkien, okay. Tolkien says no. He's he he's not. I, I didn't intend for him to be a Louvatar. Uh but but I mean you know like any author would of course would say that's an interesting theory. <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, but but what do, you, what you, know, do you think? That's interesting. Yeah. Other theories that I've heard that I also like are that uh, you know all the songs mm-hmm. are sort of the remnant of the song of a Louvatar. Because, you know, we know that the sea is the remnant of the Song of Iluvatar. Yes. Yeah. And Kara is the remnant of the Song of Iluvatar. But also remember that water itself I guess, I guess that has that, that kind the, of echo in it. So. I guess that means that the Song of Iluvatar is in the Kiev Sea. Uh, um, I've, also, <laughs> I've also heard theories of Tom Bombadil representing simply Arda itself. Yes. All, yeah. of, all of nature, basically. Uh, which, with you know, he's him being so in tune with birds and beasts and whatnot is kind of a nice. Well, and being theory described as, well. as their master, and being but not as their somehow master. their owner. Just yeah. Being... So it's basically like kind of a father nature sort of idea. Yeah, there are many interesting theories about Tom Bombadil. I mean, what if? I mean, what if Goldwater is Goldberry? The, go, sorry, Goldberry. Goldwater was a conservative candidate for <laughs> in 1964. What if Goldberry is a concentrate? This is making my imagination go crazy because I'm like thinking about like this Isn't idea it? of like what if like almost like what if the song of Iluvatar hit a focal point, like hit a point where it was like focused into a living being. And that focus point is Goldberry. Is Goldberry. Yeah. And what if, like, what you said about Arda similarly happened and it became Tom Bombadil? Mm-hmm. That's interesting, too. Uh, See, this, is what, wow. I, this okay. is what I love about Tom Bombadil. Because, you know, I mean... It, Clear, he, he means something clearly, and the, the 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 reality that we don't really know exactly what he means it lends it, it lends itself to all these theories. And honestly, I think they're all correct, and I think they're all incorrect. Well, and also, and I think that's the great thing about it. And what's interesting too is th- why this is like firing my brain so much is because for the most part, to- Tolkien's not necessarily been ambiguous about a whole lot mm-hmm. up to this point. I mean, yes, in the Silmarillion, a lot of stuff had to be ambiguous, but it was still told in such a way that felt like, no, we're getting like a privileged perspective on this mm-hmm. by reading this book. Whereas the only thing from The Hobbit that was really ambiguous to us was what is the Arkenstone? Mm-hmm. And even then, I didn't really feel, I don't feel comfortable in saying directly it's a Silmarillion. You know, a Silmarillion. A Silmarillion. A Silmarillion. Yeah. Sorry. Mm-hmm. It's a Silmarillion. Yeah. But I can see that theory. Whereas with Tom Bombadil, this is like the most ambiguous we've had like i feel mm-hmm. and i don't feel like the next chapter is going to give me an answer like i feel like the next chapter is them leaving again so we're gonna be left there so this has been a very mm-hmm. interesting it's been a very interesting chapter yeah it, it leaves you thinking a lot i, I hold on to that that Tolkien's not very ambiguous mm-hmm. for the most part he, yeah uh he's not he doesn't tend to be very ambiguous but he also doesn't really like allegory yeah. Um, so. Well, and also I've told you that thing before about what I like about Tolkien. So far as he's he and it and it comes around when elves do a lot of talking, and we're probably about to get to, is that when elves talk, they kind of have that thing where they'll say something, and then they'll go, no, 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 you don't get it, and then <laughs> goes into like a big like, not necessarily a history lesson, but a story mm-hmm. to kind of get no, now you get it, mm-hmm. kind of thing like like this thing's big. No, you don't get what big is, you know. And I feel like a similar thing could be said about Tom Bombadil. It's like, he seems timeless. You don't get what timeless <laughs> is because you're mortal. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Short but dense section. Yeah, very. Yeah. And, yeah, deserving of quite a bit of thought. So, Katie, what were your 17 favorite <laughs> I I did not have 17 favorites. I only d- chose one. And my my favorite part from this chapter is simply Goldberry's first response to who is Tom Bombadil. She just says he is. And, I mean, she, you know, she 
elaborates later, but I just love that. They turn to Tom Bombadil and ask him, what are you? And he's like, I am. (laughs) 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 Mine was that passage I read about the, like the chalk path turning to bubbly milk. Oh yeah. I just like that. Yeah, that was a nice image. Yo guys, I got two. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I I mean, one's brief. I like there's a moment where they're like talking about this stuff and they're talking about like the ring and stuff and they realize, oh yeah, that's right. We got to do a horrible thing. You know, we got to go do, we got to go into a horrible land and do a horrible thing. And there's like a brief moment where it says, I don't have the section, but it talks about like suddenly like the darkness crept back in Mm -hmm. where they had this realization of like, oh yeah, things suck kind of moment. (laughs) And then I just like this bit of, I like this section where Frodo puts on the ring. He waited for an opportunity when the talk was going again, and Tom was telling an absurd story about badgers and their queer ways, and then he slipped around. I just love that about badgers and their queer ways. Like, yeah, badgers have some queer ways. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that. I get where you're coming from on that one. Badgers are weird. I don't know. That just that was we can relate. Great moment. Just that, just like thrown out. Like, what is Tom Bombadil? He's talking about badgers and they're weird and freaky. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of nice. Did you see that um, that that post somebody made where it was onion headlines mashed up with screenshots from Lord of the Rings movies? Yes. <laughs> because the best one was an onion article just titled "A local bar comes out as gay," and, just, <laughs> and it was just a picture of the prancing pony. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh Lord. So thank you for listening, everybody. I'm John. I'm Katie. And I'm that bass. <laughs> All that bass. <laughs> And tell us what you think of Tom Bombadil. Guys, I'm Tom Bombadil. Whoa. And I'm Goldberry. She sounds like That's this. more the voice I imagine Tom Bombadil sounding like. <laughs> I don't know what that Not this, voice. not my voice and at I'm all. And I'm judging you. Thank you for listening to Talking Tolkien. You can find us online at TalkingTolkien.com and you can send us an email to theprofessor at TalkingTolkien.com. We are also Talking Tolkien on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, and Stitcher. If you're an iTunes subscriber and you like what you hear, please be sure to give us a rating and review. We also have a Patreon account where you can donate as little as $1 per month to help us grow our podcast and help with expenses such as microphones and server space. Every little bit is appreciated.